1: Grumpy, we are now live. Uh, This is the New York Islanders Never Say Die podcast.
0: Where's my introduction? Where is my introduction? You said you did an introduction the other time. You did not. So make sure you do my introduction.
1: Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Grumpy old man. This is the Grumpy old man, the NHL analyst and expert. They say there's no shame in this game because he's always the same. That's me. Now, Grumpy, we are coming – I guess now this is a live stream, but we're also going to be using this uh, in lieu of our podcast release on Monday. Um, But we're coming, I guess, live after the Islanders loss in game four of the Eastern conference finals. We said we're going to be live after the game. Sure enough. Here we are grumpy. It was, is a tough loss. I'm not going to lie. I'm not really shocked by the outcome. As soon as you give up two goals within 12 or 15 seconds of each other and You know, you make a one-goal lead until you're down by one goal. it's usually pretty tough to come back from that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I thought we played terribly today anyway for the most part. Um, And you see this pencil? This pen here? Here. It's like throw the remote time because that's how bad we were today. Uh, (laughs) First of all, I want to get to the shirt. TJ, you know it. I mean, I think you're not able to read, so I'm going to say that this is the class, the iconic – I'm going to, let's see if I can tell, there we go. The iconic Clash London Calling album cover t-shirt. Uh, do you know anything about the Clash, TJ?
1: Grumpy, I can't say. I am too privy to the Clash. I'm okay. sure I've heard a song or two of theirs, but uh, I'm not all that privy. And for those who don't know, and this is their first time listening, Grumpy, at least to the live stream, this is a new a gig that you're running here. You're, you're bringing a new uh, band cover shirt. Is that correct on every uh, live stream we're doing?
0: not necessarily a band but some like you know retro stuff that's all
1: (laughs) oh grumpy um i kind of i guess want to get your initial reaction here after the game i know i'm sure you were pissed off um at the result because that that was definitely game the islanders needed to win
0: yeah um i mean we take a one nothing lead i'm super excited i don't even have a chance to take two breaths and varlamov is asleep in the net down the other end where if he was even paying attention, even a little bit, he comes out more than two foot from his net and just clears that puck that winds up going to Blake Coleman. I mean, and then he tries a poke check. I'm like, what? Unbelievable, uh, unbelievable. And then he gives up another goal. Another ten seconds later, it's like, that's it, game over. Because we were honestly, we were outplayed. Braden Point comes back, right? Braden Point comes back. He's got two points. I mean, and we banged him up at the end of the at the end of the third during the middle of the third period. He took a took a shot. Looks like he was injured up again.
1: But it's like it did look like he was a little impaired out there and wasn't playing hundred percent there towards the end. Uh, but grumpy, it's you're right. I think you know it was a great shot by Brock Nelson, an excellent shot. And if you've what is that?
0: You see these crinkles in my foreheads because I'm angry. <laughs> I mean, I can I see them. You know, usually I can just feel. I can see them now. It's bad. I, You know, <laughs> here's the thing. And our team is Charmin bathroom tissue soft.
1: Hold on, hold on a second, Grumpy. And I feel bad for anybody who's not catching the live stream because you have brought props to the actual podcast. Absolutely. The podcast and live stream, stream, Grumpy Old Man.
0: Absolutely. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> what I did. They, uh, disg- we were disgusting today. I I mean, the first game was a write-off. We didn't even show up today. We were dominated. We're I and mean, here's the thing: is better than we are. They had one forward instead of them playing two forwards. They added three, and they're just able to score at well.
1: Well, I'm going to say this much, Grumpy Old Man. I thought we definitely came out and we didn't have a great showing. In the second period, though, I really thought we were making – we were gaining some momentum. We had some wind in our sails. And even before that Brock Nelson goal, we were playing some really, really compelling hockey where I thought, okay, now the tide is starting to turn. Things are looking in our favor. And I thought as soon as Brock Nelson scored that goal, I'm like, this is exactly what we needed, uh, only to have the wind out of our sails. (laughs) I guess I don't, I don't know the terminology, but I guess the wind let out of our sails, you know, 10, 15 seconds
0: later. You know, there's so many things. We don't shoot the puck enough. <laughs> I mean, I know, and, you know, Barry Trotz. what does he preach, right? Quality over quantity, quality over quantity. And then the last game, he says, well, we need to shoot the puck more. You know, we can't just pass the puck into that. Dude, that's what you preach that is what you preach. We'll have the puck in their zone 45 seconds, 35 40 seconds. We don't even get a scoring chance. I just
1: we we did have a lot of time periods where we had extended possession in the Tampa Bay Lightning zone and it we looked like we were threatening on multiple different occasions and it's always just like that one too many passes where they're just trying to be, you know what I mean, too fancy and they're trying to be too perfect. And and that's always been a knock that we've received at least um, I would say at least this year. Uh, but we're always looking to almost pass the puck in the net. I think you are right with that, Grumpy.
0: Well, the whole thing, if you have uh, if you're super skilled, you get away with that. When you're a ham and egg or team like the Islanders, that doesn't work. We have to score ugly goals. We're I mean,
1: not I wouldn't say we're a ham and egg team.
0: I would. I would. Absolutely. We're a bunch of jags, just guys. <laughs> one guy. One guy who's I consider an elite talent. Everybody else really is disposable.
1: Oh, grumpy! Uh, from
0: them. They're not part of the future.
1: Uh, two minutes of pessimist sticking said, "Love the T-shirt, grumpy." Clash is my favorite band—a truly, un- uh, truly underappreciated band.
0: The only band that ever mattered.
1: <laughs> I assume that's a reference to the
0: Clash. That's right. Some—I don't remember who it was. Some writer said they're the only band that matters, and this was during uh, the, gosh, I want to say, the early '80s. Uh, they were like a punk reggae fusion band uh, everybody when they think punk music well TJ, do you even know what punk music is don't answer the answer is no uh but like the sex pistols everyone thinks the sex pistols was uh, a punk band which they were uh coming out of england in the late 70s and it spawned a whole movement uh, but the most successful punk band was the clash uh, for certain and then they they were really political uh in their lyrics, um, but they also uh, had a reggae influence on there. They had a lot, a lot of good lot of good tunes, a lot of good albums, and they were affordable for the people too, which was great. They put out double album, triple albums. Uh, you might have heard Rock the Casbah is one of their songs. Uh, most
1: certainly I've heard of that song. Should
0: I Stay or Should I Go? The aforementioned, l- oops, here we go, London Calling, which was the album, Brand New Cadillac, I love that tune. Uh, Train in Vain, which was actually a late add-on to this double album uh, and was not even on the album cover or on the printing. Because albums, TJ, they were these round circular things with really? a little label in the middle, and you used to put a needle on top on a record player, and they would spin around in a circle. For an album, it's 33.5 revolutions a, set a minute, not a 45. 45s are 45 RPMs, 45 revolutions per minute. And Train in Vain was not even on the, uh, you know, the written down of, hey, what's on this side of the album? Bah, blah 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 blah. No Train in Vain because it was such a late addition to the album. Mm. Little little Clash trivia for you
1: there. I was about to say, Grumpy, you're going ahead and, and I guess, uh, informing everybody of the Clash. Now, I will say this. Kind of returning, returning a little bit back to the Islanders, Grumpy. I want to oh, get back to the Islanders a little bit. I don't, bit, know, too, I don't know
0: why. They were terrible today.
1: <laughs> well, that goal – I guess it was originally a great pass by Yanni Gord, and it was it was fed right there to Coleman. We had been beaten like that before, if you remember, back when we used to have we used to play under the Doug Weight system. We had had time periods where we would always have our defenseman kind of falling asleep a little bit like that, and a forward would have a chance to catch an edge and really go ahead and speed past. and And that's kind of what w- that was reminiscent to me of. I mean that those are mistakes that we used to make back when we Doug Waite was the coach. I mean, Devontae is just asleep. And again, I'm not blaming him directly for the goal because you're right. If Romamoff just steps up, there's no issue.
0: Yeah. Well, why is that able to happen? Because Coleman, Blake Coleman has a lot of speed and he's able to make that play. He has talent. They're skilled players. That's why they're able, that's why they're that's why these things are able to happen. I mean, they have high-end players. We don't. I mean, at the end of the day, and and that well, that's not the only reason we're losing. They want to win more than we do. Uh, it, to me, it's so obvious. They're aggressive. They're they're hitting everything that moves. I mean, I I can't tell you how frustrated I get personally when I see our guys going in there. Uh, you know, if we're getting close to Var, uh, Varlamov Vasilevsky, they're just uh, you know they're just running us right, throwing our guys down rustling down no matter what even if you get close at the end of the first period Martin took a shot which was after the whistle I mean and they all jump them are there any penalties no and then you get
1: uh well there was a penalty Matt Martin received a penalty (laughs)
0: yeah but then you look at when their guys are jamming at Varlamov when he's trying to cover the puck what do we do oh go ahead fellas do whatever you like it's okay you know what Charmin bathroom tissue soft ladies and gentlemen
1: that looks like a really, really thin layer for it to be And I'm not trying to get pedantic with you, grumpy old man. That does not look like it's Charmin. really
0: Scots. Okay, it's really Scots. We use Scots. Okay, <laughs> but the thing is, Charmin bathroom tissue soft, so that's why I did that. If you want to question it, you know what? You're disgraceful. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not wiping my butt with leaves. Okay, it's not like this is uh, you know something from the outside. It's still toilet paper. Okay,
1: it is. It is toilet paper. I, I I'm just being pedantic. Soft. <laughs> Is that soft spelled S-A-W-F-T, Soft?
0: No, it's spelled B A I L E Y. Bailey, soft.
1: Oh goodness, Grumpy. Oh goodness. I wanna. I, I do want to talk about some of the positives, and there were a few positives, Grumpy. I know you look shocked right now, but there were a few positives. I think Brock Nelson has continued to elevate his game, and. I can't speak highly enough about the way he's played. When you look at teams and, and how they're composed, you look for players that perform in playoffs in big big situations. And, you know, Brock Nelson has performed and outperformed any expectation I could have possibly had for him. He's done a superb job in the playoffs, and especially he's really stepped up his game against the Tampa Bay Lightning.
0: Uh, yeah. He's outperformed certainly what I thought he would do in the playoffs, which was nothing. Uh, so he has, uh, you know, he has done a little bit better. He scored the game winner. Uh, what was it? Wednesday night? Oh, I'm sorry, Friday night. And then uh, scores our only goal today.
1: Uh, and it was a beautiful shot. You're right. You talk yeah. about uh, the need for snipers and need for guys who can execute when they're in close like that. And you love to see him go ahead and actually cash in on that opportunity because how many times have we seen it where we've had prime opportunities to score like that and we'll bury it into the crest of a goalie or we'll just miss the net? Um, and so seeing him being able to deliver and finish on that play was, it was, it was refreshing.
0: Yeah. And you know, he's, uh, someone who does that a lot also. Okay. in the last two games, he has picked a corner good for him. Uh, but he's, he's been guilty of that also of all of our free agent re-signings from the last year. He was the wisest choice.
1: He's definitely he's definitely played extremely well. I think he's played the best so far. Grumpy, what do you keep glaring over off the screen for?
0: <laughs> because actually, I'm having problems with my eye. I think I have a, uh, I have I think I'm having some type of allergy with my eye, seriously. And it's just I'm trying to, you know, I, I, I think, just I, see. I, no, I just bored. don't think it's, it's easy for me to <laughs> be rubbing my eye all the time. If you want me, I'll rub my eye. All right, you make you happy now.
1: What would make me happy is the Islanders winning games.
0: (laughs) You're going to have to wait till next year for that.
1: No, I I don't think the series is over by any means. The series Um, is over. I think it's a big – we found out why Casey Zizekas did not dress in game three. It definitely wasn't due to the fact that Barry Trotz just wanted to leave him out due to a poor performance. He's hurt. And as to what he's injured with, we're not exactly sure. But we can promise you this much. He's not going to go ahead and play any more games in the in the NHL playoffs because he's left the bubble officially. So he's done, and then so is Kunakul. Well, he also left the bubble. So, again, Sezikis is a big loss. There's no way around that. Sezikis is a big loss.
0: That's not why we're losing the series. It's,
1: you're right. It's not. And, again, when we're talking about losses, you know, in the same token – Braden Point being banged up is a huge loss, and him not being able to play at 100% is a big hindrance for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Stephen Stamkos not being in the series definitely hurts them also. So, again, I'm not trying to say, oh, we're losing because Casey Zizekas is gone. I'm just talking about going forward and trying to find find a route to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Not having Casey Zizekas just makes it that much harder.
0: Well, I think if they stay after they get eliminated on Tuesday, they'll be able to sit, you know, sit in the stands and maybe watch the games if they want. That's the only way they're getting to the Stanley Cup Finals. The Probably. series is over. So over. Over. <laughs> over. We're done.
1: Over. I will say now, I'm, I, I we usually give Grumpy at least about an hour to cool off uh, after a game like this. So he's not so uh, – I wouldn't say repetitive like this, but so he's not so fixated on
0: one thought. Okay. You asked what it was going to take to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. And I just told you we can sit we can stay in the bubble after we get eliminated on Tuesday. That's all.
1: I still think there is a route for us to make the Stanley Cup finals. Again, point is banged up. And I think with Point not in the lineup or even playing in a limited capacity, he's not a hundred percent there. And it it does hurt the lightning. I thought we had a lot of we had a lot of moments there in a second right at, before we scored the goal, and obviously when Brock Nelson scored, I thought we looked very good. We were playing competitive hockey. And then you saw as soon as we gave up that weak goal where Varnamoff didn't go ahead and press the issue and come out of the net, that is I 100% believe the turning point in the game. We gave up that goal. And what happens 12 seconds later? We give up another goal because, again, uh, you know, it just slides through and our guys, you know, I guess Bailey, I don't know. It was was an odd situation. But we had enough players back. We just didn't do the right job of marking the men. And, you know, draw it up to whatever you want in that situation. But – It's hard to say that, yeah, that wasn't completely correlated with us giving up a goal 12 or 15 seconds after we scored and took the lead. We gave up a quick goal and we gave up another quick goal because I think the wind was let out of the
0: sails. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, Varlamov let us down today. Um, Here's the thing. To win a Stanley Cup, you have to have your goalie win you some games that you should lose, and he's just not capable of doing that, honestly.
1: Well, I don't think Varlamov let us down today. And I think you bring up an interesting point. And I think you're right about this, Grumpy. When you talk about Stanley Cup winners and teams that can really compete in the Stanley Cup finals, they all have one thing in common. They either have a goalie who is red hot and it looks like they're shooting beach balls at him and he can't miss a save, or they have a goalie that can legitimately win them games. They have goalies that are well above average and they could steal a game because they stand on top of their head. And... And again, I like, I like Varlamov. I think he does a, a more than serviceable job. I think he's a good goalie. Are you asking me, do I think he's elite? No, he's not. And I, Vasilevsky, I think he's elite, even though you can argue that the first goal that the Lightning conceded was due to the fact that Vasilevsky went ahead and misplayed the puck. So again, like you could look at that, and that was a great effort played by Anthony Bavillier, but ever, no goalie's no perfect but in the same token, if you're talking about a goalie who is going to sit in that and do a great job, I think Vasilevsky usually does a superb job.
0: Vasilevsky is a top, what three goalie in the league, right? I mean, Vesna, Vesna trophy winning goalie. Yeah. Um, and Varlamov is not, I mean, he's, he's just a, he's just an average goalie. I mean, he's, there's nothing special about him. Um, our mm-hmm. system makes him seem better than he is. I think Thomas Grice is, better than he is, honestly. Uh, I just I – like I think
1: it's a wash. When it comes to Grice and Varlamov, I think they're both good goalies. Um, and, again, you know my takes on on Grice before we had the Barry Trotz system. Back in the Doug Wade times, oh, my gosh. I couldn't wait to get rid of Thomas Grice. And I think he's, he's a good to adequate goalie. Um, but we don't have that – that stud in that. And, and we're all hoping that Sorokin is that stud. I'm telling you, he can't get in that soon enough for us, in my opinion. And the reason we're losing is not due to Varlamov. I also want to make that present. It's, I also want to make that known. I don't think the reason we're losing is due directly to Varlamov.
0: Well, we lost game two because of Varlamov, for certain. Giving up that short side goal uh, where they could tie it up from a slap. A slash up up the point. Point. I'm sorry. That's inexcusable. Short, Inexcusable. And then – Really, he should have stopped the shot from Kucherov. I mean, right into his body and goes through him. And today, you know, I had to laugh something. One of my pet peeves on national broadcasts is you always listen to the announcers. They're always covering for the referees or covering for some pathetic goalie because things are not looking good. Oh, what a great save by Varlamov. It went through him, and Eberly had to make a play to keep the puck out of the net. That was a, t- it went right to his arm. Okay, just like the second goal in game two, the game-winning goal in game two, same thing happened. And, you know, to say, oh, that's a tough save. No, it's not. It's right there. It went through him. How, that's a terrible save. Um, well,
1: it wasn't it – wasn't, I think what you're hinting at is it wasn't necessarily a save. It was – he definitely got help from his team. Um, and all good goalies do get help from their teams across crossbar the post. You have it. Um, Roberto said game four um, down series. We didn't come out swinging enough. Uh, in a desperate, in desperation, I think against a great team, I think he's right. Right, we had to come out there and we had to play desperate, like we were in must-win mode, where this is game seven because the Tampa Bay Lightning are so talented.
0: Tampa Bay came out like they were down two to one. I mean, they came out from the they from Jump Street. They came out and they said, you know what, we're not losing this game. They had Kalorn back after the one-game suspension. They had Point back. After missing two games with injury. And it's like, you know what? Their players, their good players stepped up. Our play. All right. How many really good players do we have? One, two. I mean, you know, there's only so much you can do. And to me, to to shut down the Islanders, you just shut down Matt Barzell. I didn't think Barzell had a particularly good game today. Certainly defensively, uh, he was. one of the contributing factors for that third goal going in. Uh, But, again, that was a fantastic play by Kucherov, able to dangle at the side of the net, suck in two defenders. You got points skating straight down the ice. He makes a brilliant pass, and uh, Barzal kind of let him go a little bit. But Varlamov still should have made that save, and he didn't. So, you know, it is what it is. What are you going to say?
1: Well, yeah, I think you're right. He definitely did not do a good job. Uh, marking Kutrov on the way back, and and that was a poor job on his point. And, and those type of situations, I'm fine with players. Cross-checking someone in the back and taking a penalty, just don't let that guy have the open lane right in front of the net where he's unimpeded almost inside the crease. You can't let that happen. And we like Matt Barzal. He's a great player, And but, you know, he, he has faults too, and, and that definitely was not a good situation for him. That cost us. Um, and who knows? Again, if you're only down one goal, at the, at the closing time period, you know, game may have been different. Uh, but in the same token, he's not the reason we lost today either. Um, Tampa's just really good. And when we win, we have to we have to have certain contributing factors. And we talked about it on our last podcast, Grumpy Old Man, what were going to be the important things in the keynotes to this series. We had to win the special teams battle. I think five-on-five five play, we're very, very close, and we're competitive. Um, the special teams battle was going to be important. And I know our penalty kill did the job today, but, you know, entering this game, entering game four, the Tampa Bay Lightning were 40% on the power play. And we hadn't had a power play goal since game one. I mean, we're 0-9 from game two to game four. I think we had one power play goal or maybe maybe two. I think it was one or two in the game one. But, I mean, again, that was a write-off. It was a blowout. And we did score a power play goal, I know, at least once. But. The special team battle hasn't gone the way the Islanders needed to.
0: No, I mean there's so many issues. We don't shoot the puck enough on the power play. We're like I said, we're too busy passing around the perimeter. When I mean, you got certain players who just won't shoot, number twelve refuses to shoot. They just lay off him. They just lay off him because they know he's not and he won't shoot the puck. You have to be willing to shoot the puck on the power play. Otherwise, how are you going to man up? I mean, I just, it's frustrating. Honestly, it's frustrating to watch. It's like, shoot the puck, fellas, please. And shoot two me.
1: minutes of pessimist sticking said, agreed with the goalie, our goalie versus their goalie assessment. And, again, you have to hope, you know, going down the road, because I know we still are in the Eastern Conference Finals, but your goalie either has to be hot or you have to have an elite-level goalie. And right now, Varlamov is neither hot nor an elite-level goalie. And that, I think, it hurts us a little bit. It, and he's not the reason we're losing this series, though. Again, Tampa's just a very, very talented team.
0: I think Marlamov is fragile mentally when things don't go well. for him. And you saw it again today, crawling back into the net, right? Soon he gives up a goal. Oh, okay, we're going back and back into the net. Thomas Grice is not like that. And I make the comparison to Thomas Grice. I mean, you would say they're comparable goalies. And let's be honest, Thomas Grice on a good team is a backup. A good backup, but he's a backup. I mean, and you're trying to win a Stanley Cup championship with a backup. I mean, because Varlamov should be the backup next year for certain. We all know why they signed him. Not, I mean, five years was a ridiculous term. We're not going to get back into that. Um, but well, you know, it's it's all about Sorokin for me going forward. Most certainly
1: grumpy. And I also I don't want to cut you off, but in the same token, you brought up the signing of Sorokin. Um Lou Lamarillo won the general manager of the year award. And I think you can really ch- – don't don't shake that head, Grumpy. Don't shake the head. He deserved it. And I think you can really chalk it up to a few different things. This The trade for Andy Green, I think, helped put him over. Jean-Gabriel Pajot trade definitely helped him out. And the signing of Sorokin, I think, also played a part into it. So I think there was a lot of good things that Lamarillo did at the trade deadline and even after that that really helped – helps solidify his stake at the general manager of the year?
0: Well, the one good thing is uh, we are going to have an extra third-round pick this year uh, because we're not winning the Stanley Cup Finals. So we only gave up a first and a second for Paggio, and but I like J.G. Paggio. You know that. Um, I think he's going to be with us for the next five years, and I think he's a typical Islander player. I have no problem with that at all. Does that mean we say goodbye to Zekeus in a year? Hopefully, I mean, you know, how many fourth liners can you sign to five year, five million dollars per year job, uh, deals? Uh, I'm I just will, go ahead. I will
1: say this, Grumpy. We have young young forwards that can make a stab at the NHL. Hopefully, next year or at least in the near future. I mean, Otto Koivula. I, now he's played at the center position now for two seasons, both in the AHL and Bridgeport. And he's done a very admirable job down there. Um, he's had point production as well. So you'd like to think that he would get also a chance. He would also get a chance there to crack the lineup. There are a lot of young players, I think, that are at, in Bridgeport that are hungry. I mean, Wallstrom also, you have to figure, is also going
0: to get it too. I don't think so. I think he's going to go right back to the veterans. I don't think he's going to give a chance to any of the young players. None at all. I mean, I'm not expecting any changes next year from this year's team. Not one. What? Why? We made it to these coast finals. We you will know,
1: the ready to go. We're
0: ready to take that next step with a uh, with a team that's aged 30 years old. We're ready to take that next step.
1: Well, obviously, using a little bit of hyperbolic speech, I think we're like 28 and a half. But we do have a few comments here. Two minutes of pessimistic and said the Lightning have two of the best forwards in the league. Um, one of the best defensemen in the league and one of the best goalies in the league. We don't. Um, and yeah, when it comes down to the brass tacks, absolutely. They are an extremely talented team. And Thomas Price also mentioned it there when, when we were live streaming, I guess on Friday night, I forgotten that the Tampa Bay lightning had made it to the Eastern conference finals four out of the last six years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like I said, they've been a good team for a long time, a super talented team. They added some uh, little sandpaper, like I've said before, sandpaper, a little grit to their squad, and it's paid off for them. I mean, you used to be able to beat them by roughing them up a little bit, hoping they'd implode when things got tough. That's not the case anymore. It just isn't.
1: Roberto said, yes, some productive moves, talking about Lou Lamarillo, what he made at the trade deadline. I absolutely think it did. Uh, Andy Green, again, we talked about it. I think he's going be he's going to be on the Islanders roster next season. I think ideally what you'd like to have happen is him and and Noah Dobson are going to play as the bottom-pairing defenseman. And if there's any way you can go ahead and get rid of a a Johnny Boychuck and a Nick Letty, that's probably the optimal way out.
0: You have to have someone who wants an oft-injured right-handed defenseman, 35 years old. I mean, is there a market for Johnny Boychuck? I don't think so. Nick Letty, average player. Right, he's our bottom. He's our number six defenseman, as far as I'm concerned. Is there a market for somebody like that making five and a half million dollars a year? I don't think there's much of one. I mean, especially in the salary cap, you know, where everything is staying flat for the next three years. Why would you want to bring on that? I mean, unless unless you're uh, under the cap, why would you want to bring somebody like that onto your roster? I wouldn't. I mean, you only have so much money going into next year and there's three guys you just have to sign back and right now you don't have the money so are you giving up draft picks to unload these guys uh i mean i think it's pretty obvious that unless they're forced to play a young player they won't and unless they get rid of some of those defensemen no adoption going to start the year in the a i've always felt that
1: well we got a few comments here from uh brush Kingsta. Um, Lou has some serious homework to do when you know the season's over. And I do agree with him. He has a tough offseason ahead of him. We have guys we have to sign back, three guys we have to sign back. And with the cap being essentially flat here virtually for the next three seasons, it's going to be really tough. He's going to have to be really creative. We talked about that. He's going to really have to put on his stinker's cap and, and find a way to free up some cap. Um, he also said the young players in Bridgeport are not ready. No need to rush them. Um, I, again, again, I think certain players are, and I think certain players in Bridgeport have to be moved if they're not going to receive their chance. Like a Sebastian Ajo. I'm not saying the market for him is extremely high, but in the same token, he's played up in the NHL and did so under the Doug Waite system. And what's the point of letting him rot down there in Bridgeport if you have no intention on him being a future defenseman or at least it revolving the plan there? So I think he – you know. There are pieces you can move to sweeten deals, Grumpy, and I think I think definitely Lou Lamarillo's got some work to do this offseason. I agree.
0: Well, unless he does something miraculous this offseason, he's not going to repeat as uh, general manager of the year. I can tell you that much right now. But you know what? All of these issues that he has, he created himself. He created everything by signing Lee, Nelson, Everly, Komarov, all older players to long-term big money deals. I mean, those are all on him, every single one.
1: Well, you speak about Jordan Everly. Uh, Scott Gordon says, say goodbye to Everly. <laughs> so I
0: mean, do you really think – I mean, I'm serious, though. What are you going to do for a forward? We don't have anyone who can score. We, we cannot score. We We don't – and our defense doesn't even engage. I mean – Here's the thing. When the clowns on the national media, the national broadcast are telling you that, wow, you know what? I know they like to play defense, but they really, you know, you can't just all play defense. Well, you want to know why? We need we don't we don't engage our defense. We just we refuse. I mean, it's just his style, it's just the system that he likes to preach and practice. Great. We're not winning the series. And here's the thing: until we change the dynamic of the roster. This is this is the best we're gonna get right now. This these are the glory times for kids your age, TJ. And you're a kid because you look like a kid to me. But these are these are the glory times for Islanders fans going forward.
1: Well, most certainly this is this is the best the Islanders have ever been in my lifetime. I'm only 27 years old. This is the first time they've ever been to an Eastern Conference Finals. Um, so definitely it this is the best time we've ever seen the New York Islanders. I've seen the New York
0: Islanders. But you know what? You should strive to be better. We should strive to be better. I I don't want to see this. I'd rather take a step back with uh, possibly moving forward as a championship contender because we're not. We're not.
1: Well, Grumpy, we have a few comments again. I I think we are a championship contender, and we've talked about it. Right now, we most certainly are. We're in the Eastern Conference Finals. We've talked about it, though. This was the best-case scenario for the Islanders. Everybody's healthy now except with Casey Zizekas. And we went into the playoffs. Again, everybody's healthy. we they're all these players are quote unquote in their prime. And, you know, as the older your team gets and they're kind of exiting their prime, you have a lot of contracts that are tied to it. But that's neither here nor there. I don't want to talk about it too much. Uh, Angela and Nina said um, they were just one step from high one step behind from the beginning. A bad feeling from the second the puck was dropped, uh, late on the puck and chasing the whole game.
0: Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is a really fast team, right? They can all skate. I don't think anyone would say, "Wow, the Islanders are a great skating team." We're not. We have a couple of guys who can skate, but everybody else is a plotter. I mean, uh, you, it's it's tough. It's tough. Let's be honest. Tampa Bay's good. They're real good. All right. Oh, certainly. Uh, would we? Be, I just wish. I just wish that we were a little bit more committed to trying to win the game. I don't like the layback style. I know you love it, TJ. Though playing the rope-a-dope, layback, back, absorb pressure, you know, it's, get a it's, break. It's a,
1: it's a counterattack style, Grumpy. And, again, it's an acquired taste. When you're winning games, I don't mind it. Obviously, when you're losing games, it entitles people like yourself, Grumpy old man, to be upset with the style. I understand it, but that is the Barry Trotz style
0: of hockey. Well, like I said, there's a reason why he won one Stanley Cup with an absolutely loaded Washington roster, beating an expansion team.
1: Well, I also will say this, Grumpy, right? He's he's a good coach, a great coach. And you saw it right with Todd Reardon, before you run me off, with Todd Reardon, right, that is a coach that is a failed coach. He inherited that same exact roster and couldn't do a damn thing with it. And now he's got that situation where with the goalie, who the heck knows? I mean, obviously, Samsonoff is going to be their goalie the future starting going forward. Um, but also, uh, it, it looks like the comments are kind of agreeing there with you. Um, we also have from Angela Nina again. Uh, Trotz does an incredible job of getting them to compete, uh, but they're a real sniper um, and some more hockey smarts uh, to get to the level of Tampa Bay or Boston. Although they got knocked off before Tampa, but you're right. I think we are we're one real true sniper away from being a real deadly team.
0: We're at least two offensive players away from being a really a really elite level team. I think. Um, I just. Like And I don't think – we're not a dumb team. I don't think that – I think we are a smart team. I just don't think we're very talented. I mean, that's why we get exposed against teams that are really talented or teams that are really physical. They give us a hard time because – I've got
1: to stop you, Grumpy. I think we're a talented team. But if you're talking about – Offensive acumen. I think we don't have a lot of it there. I think we're very talented and we're committed. I think we're committed to playing a two-way game. And two minutes of pessimistic also says the Islanders are trying to win games at the score of one to zero, and I think he's right. We definitely play a committed defensive style game, and when your defense and everybody's able to mark their men and we don't have defensive lapses, we win. But when you face teams that are extremely talented, they are going to force you to make a defensive mistake. It's just going to happen.
0: And that's what happens. That's why you need more talent. You look at Tampa, right? They're able to come up with individual moments of genius, which lead to goals. I mean, when you have to play a perfect game every night, for the most part, at this level to win, most times you're not going to win because you can't be perfect every night. And when you have a team like Tampa, and here's the thing look at it. point play today, but he was still hurt. Okay. Stamkos didn't play. I mean, and they to, to me, they toyed with us for the most part. Once they went up two to one, I mean, did you not think that game was over for the most part?
1: I didn't. I didn't I, grumpy again. Like, I again, we have the never say die attitude. Um, the Islanders do. And I, they are 100% bought into whatever Barry Trotz is selling, and I think that's true. Um, also, we got from Angela Nina says, Trotz is a great coach. He turned his team around. There is no doubt about that. Barry Trotz is a great cho- coach, and he did turn his team around. There's no doubt about it.
0: I think Barry Trotz is a coach who is going to take average talent and make them as good as they can be. Uh, The problem I have, even when he was in Washington, until that final year when he got buy-in, they underachieved under him. When uh, Pittsburgh, they were losing to Pittsburgh every year, is because Pittsburgh had just as much talent as they did, and they were more committed. Until Ovechkin and everyone else bought into that defensive style where they were still able to use their individual moments of brilliance to win games, he didn't accomplish much. I just don't think we have enough talent on this team To win, to win a Stanley Cup, which is all I really care about. I don't care if we get to the East Coast finals. I don't, East Coast, Eastern Conference finals. I do that a lot, you know, East Coast finals.
1: You keep saying East Coast. I'm I'm thinking East Coast wings whenever you mention that grumpy old man. I'm thinking about some, some, uh, some, uh, I guess some barbecue wings or like some hot wings. Uh, Dave says, we have talent. We just, we just don't shoot enough. Um, And we do need to shoot more.
0: I don't know. I, I question our offensive talent. I do. I think we're talented enough defensively, um, but offensively, I I think we're bereft of talent. I, and two I,
1: minutes, two minutes of, of pessimist sticking says here, Barzal needs an outlet. Until then, we're going to be stuck. If we had a truly talented winger on on his side, again, I think I think Bavillier has stepped up. Definitely he has um, in the playoffs. But if we had a guy who was a true sniper, a guy who consistently is putting 40 goals in a season, and he can bury chances when they, he's open and has those opportunities, I can only imagine the point production we'd see out of Matt all.
0: And you can see why they went after Panarin so hard in the offseason, honestly, because he would have been a perfect fit, way better than Anders Lee uh, on that first line. And I know, you know, you're a big Anders Lee fan, and, you know, he brings certain things leadership-wise to the table. He does. But as a hockey player he's not he's not a first line guy to me he just isn't he's slow. he doesn't fit on that line at all. And everly, I mean what's he 30 years old 31 years old? I mean his his best years are behind him too.
1: I'm not sure if he's 30 yet but he's close. Uh, Sean Higgins says we need a top forward, no question about it. And I think you're right again, We did go very heavily after Panarin, and there was a reason why. (laughs) The ability he's got and the ability that certain players have with offensive acumen, we just don't have that extra player. We've got a great playmaker in Matt Barzal. We just are missing that great finisher. And I think Bavillier is stepping his game up. I'm not saying that he can't grow and develop into a role like that, but it would be really nice to have a guy like Panarin on the team, absolutely, to help you score goals. We do have issues scoring goals. There's no question about that.
0: Yeah, I love Anthony Bavillier, but he's not a top line player. He's not. I mean, even, I mean, second line, okay, but he's too streaky, really, even to be a second line player optimally. He's a third line player. You know, he'll go through points, you know, streaks where he'll score a goal every night for 10 games and then he'll go 20 games without a goal. And, you know, I realize he's a younger player, but he's what, 23 years old right now? He kind of is what he is. I mean, he's not going to improve a whole lot you kind of know what you have in Anthony Bavillier. I mean, with the exception – I mean, you look at all of our players. Is there anyone on the team that you can really say, okay, this guy's going to improve dramatically from where he is now as a player? Maybe Matt Barzal, maybe. But you kind of know what you have in him. I mean, but who else on this team who's currently on the team can you say, you know, this guy's going to take a step up going forward? Is there anyone you can say about that?
1: I would say, you know, if you were looking, maybe talking a few years ago, you could say Brock Nelson, and he has. But Hold on, Grumpy. But with the way the roster is currently constituted, the players that are on the New York Islanders regular roster, no. We're pretty much are what we are. Uh, Brush Kingston also said here too many similar types of guys on this team they pass before shoot it's got to change in going into next year and i think are right we've talked about this a lot we have a lot of guys who play the same exact style and we don't really have a lot of we don't really have a big uh, we don't have a large dichotomy when it comes down to player types and player personnel we don't
0: we're a team of grinders third and fourth line players for the most part that's why they're all interchangeable they all do the same thing there are there's one skilled guy in the whole team, as far as I'm concerned, one. You're not going to win anything with one guy who can create. And that's what it is. I mean, we hope to get a defensive turnover and counterattack, whatever. Occasionally some of our guys will get hot, but for the most part, we're just a team of grinders, and teams like that are not going to win Stanley Cups, not older teams. I mean, you got Leo Com- Why is Leo Komarov playing? What did he really bring to the table? You look at Ross Johnston today, right? I mean, my hero, Ross Johnston. I love Ross Johnston. When he was out there, he stood in front of the net, and when there was a play in front of the goalie and he tried to take a you know a poke at it, did anyone jump on top of him? Absolutely not. I don't know what his minutes were today, but I know they weren't enough. He needed to be out there more often.
1: I can, I think about one particular play where I say, you know what? Ross is more than just a physical guy. He lays that huge check on whoever's there in the corner. I think it was McDonough and Obviously it causes a ill-advised pass where the islanders are able to recover. And then he finds his way back to the net and he he puts a nice little deke on him and a dangle, but he misses the net. But again, you can see the progression of what he's doing. He's more than just a physical guy. He's not a guy where as soon as he gets a puck on a stick, he's like, I'm looking to pass or I'm looking to shoot. He's not like that. He's not as rushed where in his approach, just trying to go ahead and contribute offensively like he was in a pass, I think.
0: I think that Ross Johnson needs to play every night on this team. I think next year he needs to have a regular role on this team. He needs to be out there. I mean, do you really think that he couldn't replace Matt Martin? Really? I think he can. Angel,
1: also said "Agree, Johnson needs to play more.
0: I mean, you notice how – and I can tell when it was a while before when he was sitting out. There was a couple times where they were double-shifting Pajot with the third line and kind of double shifting the centers and Ross Johnson was not getting the ice time of the other two hacks on that line. Okay. And you could see when he missed a couple of shifts that all of a sudden Tampa Bay started started to get a little bit of testicular fortitude going on their end. And they send Ross Johnson out and it stops it again. He's a deterrent for us getting run on the ice and we should be way more physical than we are. I mean, I like the fact that – and the fourth line does it. The fourth line does it. Hit those guys. Every single time a defenseman goes back in the corner, Headman, McDonough, you make sure when they're t- trying to make a play on the puck, you run them. You hit them every time. You wear them out. We don't wear out their defensemen. We're just, okay, well, what's yeah, the We're right. going
1: to be used- Also, got it there in the comments too. Roberto also says the same as I think. That's why we need to out hit teams, knock them off the puck, physicality, frustrate their offense, Um, not finish games even on hits, which we are doing right now. And we're, I mean, we're always a fighting team. So, absolutely, again, like it's we have to impose a physical style of brand to these other teams. We have to wear them out. We are the vampires of the NHL. We have to suck the blood out of teams and we have to make it where it's unfun for them to go ahead and play us.
0: We're not going to outskill anyone. So that's why we have, and we need to be more physical. I mean, against this team, how do you stop a physical team? Uh, how do you stop a skilled team from being so skilled? You hit them, you hit them, you hit them again. You keep on hitting them. It should have been what we've been doing the whole series. Today's game, we went down three to one and then we go down four to one with the empty net goal, right? Who scored by who? Pat Maroon. Why is Ross Johnston not out there the rest of that game, running their guys? What happened when they went up? When we went up five to three on Friday night, right? They slash our guy and then they attack us, right?
1: And you're talking about, yep, you're talking about Kucherov taking a Paul Bunyan shop there to the uh, to the the calf of Jean Gabriel Ropageot.
0: Exactly. And what did we do? What did we do in our response today? Did we get aggressive? Did we send a message for the next game? Nope. We just, well, you know what? Let's see. We could probably score three goals in the last two and a half minutes, even though we've only scored one in the first 58. But you know what? We didn't. Ross Johnson should have been out there, Matt Martin. We need to send a message for the next game. That, that's what we need to do, and we didn't.
1: And we got, we've got we got a few messages here, Grumpy. Uh, two minutes of pessimisticking says <laughs> – his props, I'll tell you, Grumpy, you and your props. Uh, two minutes of pessimist thinking says, though, Komarov should not be in the NHL. And we also have a lot of people agreeing there that Johnson definitely needs to play more. And uh, and Bruce Kingston also says, Johnson needs fourth-line minutes game after game next year. I think Martin's time is done. He's got to go start going younger on, on the blue line also. And, and that's also what two minutes of pessimist thinking says as well. Uh, good things happen when Johnson's out there on the ice.
0: Um. Absolutely, when it comes to Ross Johnson, um, uh, Matt Martin should not come back. I don't care that he's loved by Islander fans. What he's 33 years old now. You're going to sign another over the hill player to long term deal. I mean, to any extension, absolutely not. But uh, go ahead, DJ. You got a big. I, I'm player.
1: laughing. I am laughing at the comments right now because we got Roberto number one said something, and I know you 100. <laughs> percent I can see you agreeing with this. He said, "It's it's." <sighs> It's bred in their minds uh, to pass and look for the perfect passing lanes. Since the Capuano days, these players are still here. And I could see you definitely agreeing with something like that, Grumpy.
0: Losers, right? I mean, Bailey. I don't care that Bailey, the king of the secondary assist, Mr. 800, and however many games. But one good thing about us not winning a Stanley Cup, I don't have to listen to some ridiculous comment on how Josh Bailey should have his number retired if we win a Stanley Cup. Are you crazy?
1: I'm oh, telling you, I'm telling you, Grumpy. If no. if the Islanders win this Stanley Cup and he's on the team, he will have his name, he will have his number up there in the roster. Well, in, in the for
0: reason for me to root against uh, the Islanders <laughs> this year because I it, I don't know what I would do if John had his number retired. I mean, I guess anyone could get there, maybe they're inventing a new numbering system where there's more than just you know ones, twos, up to zeros. I don't know.
1: Roberto also said we need to regenerate Clark Gillies, Grumpy old man.
0: Clark-
1: and I also started. I also started juggling at that as well.
0: Absolutely, Clark Gillies, right? Skilled, but could fight, right? But I, you know, I just wanted to question. Someone mentioned a comment that the uh, it, we're getting old on the on the defense. I don't really believe so. I mean, you look at the ages of Pulak and Pelic, Mayfield and Taves. They're all in the, they're all young or in their prime. I mean, 25, 26, you know, years old.
1: I think what he's talking about also, I mean, you got Letty, who's, again, he's not ancient, but with the playing style, he needs to be gone. Johnny Boychuk is definitely an older defenseman, and so is Andy Green. I see us bringing back Andy Green maybe for a one-year contract and pairing him up there with Noah Dawson. But we have to find a way to get rid of Johnny Boychuk and Nick Letty this offseason. It frees up cap for the three important players we have to sign. And as well, I think it's, it's just a natural progression. Noah Dawson needs to find a regular time out there on the ice for next year.
0: I'm, you're going to be disappointed. You are going to be disappointed because Noah Dobson is going to be playing the A next year. They're going to, and here's the excuse. Well, we want to make sure he gets minutes so he can play. You know, he's not quite ready. We want to make sure that he's overripe before we bring him up. So we're going to play these old ham and eggers. You know, I don't know. Andrew Ladd, right. I don't know how he slithered into the lineup a couple of days ago, but Why not just put these guys on long-term injury? It's not a stretch, right? Johnny Boychuk, he's always hurt. Put him on long-term injury. What is that able to do? It's able to free up some cap space so you can maybe make a move or two. I don't want these guys on the team. They're old. Like I said, it's like putting me out there. Andy Green is at least serviceable, and I think Nick Letty has actually played well in this particular playoff series. But sometimes you have to make hard decisions. You have to move people. I would would honestly – I would field any calls for Anders Lee or Jordan Eberle, and I'm not going to say Brock Nelson, even though you know how I feel about him. But, but he's a guy who I think has earned his contract. The other two guys have not, and I would I would definitely field calls or try to move them. There's guys who I would I mean I know we're going to do our should he stay or should I should he go. Grumpy, we're not even in the off season.
1: Stop, stop with that, Grumpy. We're not even in the offseason yet. We got right. a few comments here, Grumpy, before you start getting on a roll again. Uh, Angela Neen also said, Matt's time is done. I love him, but done. And you're right. That it's it's gonna be tough, right? Matt Martin is a fan favorite and for a lot of different reasons. I remember I went to the game early where the Islanders were playing the Carolina Hurricanes, and this was in Carolina. And to see the relationship that he had just with random fans out there and how much he wanted to make people's experience at the rink special, it's something else. I mean, he's an excellent human being and a great guy. Uh, it's going to be tough to see him go, but I think you're right. And he's had a spectacular – last last live stream we were talking about it. he's had a spectacular playoff series, absolutely unbelievable. He's trying to do anything he can to make his case that, yes, I should be here next year. And if you go based off the performance in the playoffs, yeah, he definitely makes an argument. But –
0: you can't you can't bring back a 33-year-old forward. A when 33-year-old
1: fourth line grinder.
0: Yeah, when you got a whole bunch of guys rotting away down in the minors. I'm a big just a difference between the, the way that our organization thinks and Vancouver. Vancouver says, "You know what? We're playing the young guys. We're going to let them learn on the fly and their upside is going to be ready to go in another year or two, right?" So look at all their young. Do you think any of those young guys would have played on our team? Absolutely not. But like I said, you have guys who are ready to step up, force feed them into the system. I don't care if we give up a few more goals or we lose a few more goals and a few more games in the regular season. We need to have younger players ready to contribute who have upside. We don't have any upside on this team, and that's why I'm not not afraid to take a step back. I know a lot of fans say, oh, well, you know what? Hey, this is the best we've been in you know, 40 years, yeah, that's true, but at the end of the day, it's not about are we good enough to just be a playoff team. The goal should be to win Stanley Cups, and at some point in time, you have to get rid of the old guys and bring in the new guys, bring in the fresh blood to find out what you have going forward. Kiefer Bellows, there's no way he should be in the minors next year. Absolutely not.
1: Well, we got two minutes of pessimist sticking said, uh, "Oh my, A conversation about retiring Bailey's number equals a grumpy old man episode by himself. And that yeah, is true.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. so we
1: can't so we can't we can't derail you, grumpy. He also says Matt Martin played a good game, but he needs to be replaced by Johnson. We also have Sean Higgins saying the same thing. I like Matt Martin, but it's business. And he also says Lou doesn't sign players because he's a fan favorite. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Matt Martin has done a valiant job in the playoffs. And, you know, unless I see him putting up, you know, 15, 16 goals here in the remainder of the NHL playoffs, he's definitely gone because you have somebody who fills his role in Ross Johnson, who I think is showing that he actually has a little bit of offensive touch. And he's putting things together. I mean, he might not have the finishing touch yet, but the play he had today where, again, he I think he hit Ryan McDonough in the corner. It forced a ill-advised pass. The Islanders recover. He re-centers himself, gets back into the open slot there in the middle of the ice, and he's able to go ahead and create an offensive opportunity off of a check and then being able to find his way back towards the center of the net. I love that.
0: I agree that Lou Lamarillo does not – Sign players for nostalgia value, but he does sign players that have that he personally likes at the expense of the team. Leo Komarov is absolutely one. Um, bringing Matt Martin back was another. I mean, why did you need to bring Matt Martin back? We have a whole organization filled with fourth liners, and I'm not ripping Matt Martin because I like Matt Martin and I think he's a true Islander. Even when he was in Toronto, he was still an Islander. Okay. But bringing signing Leo Komarov to a four year contract at his age was it's criminal. I mean, what does he bring to the table? Oh, leadership. Well, you know what? We're the oldest team in the league. We should have plenty of leadership. If not, get rid of the other hacks. I will say the other assistants and some captains on his team.
1: I will say about Matt Martin, he definitely has. I'm not sure because he gets paid quite a bit, especially for being a fourth line guy, but he has definitely contributed more than he he ever did in Toronto. And he fit into this system extremely well. And he meshes extremely well with Cal Clutterbuck and Casey because There's no argument about it. This they always were dubbed the best fourth line in hockey by Don Cherry. Hell, I might even say if you look at the longevity of which they stuck together, they might be one of the best fourth lines in the history um, of hockey, Grumpy. Okay. I like- I know you might need an inhaler for that one or something of that nature. I'm not saying they're the best. I'm saying they might, you know, when all is said and done, they might They might have an honorable mention if they're going down the top 10 best fourth lines in hockey.
0: Okay. You want to know why? Maybe because fourth liners are fourth liners. That's why. They're fourth liners for a reason. Okay. They're not good enough to be any better than fourth liners. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I just I don't know. I, I, I that's another ridiculous comment. You don't know enough about hockey to even make a comment like that. Don't <laughs> Don Cherry doesn't even have a job anymore. All right, you're still living on how many years ago did you say that? Five years ago? I mean, come on, four years ago?
1: All I'm saying, saying is say, they, they are still a very, very talented fourth line. That's all and I'm
0: Lamarillo, Lamarillo, signed Martin to Toronto when he was there. So it's guys that he likes. There's certain type of players that he likes and he wants them here. You know what? Why not sign me? I'm a nice guy. I'm in my 50s, right? Almost. And he have you know. to
1: like your play on the ice, Grumpy, not because you're a nice guy. Don't get it confused. Leaders.
0: He likes leaders, right? The leadership types. You know, Grumpy, like, are you are you considering yourself a leader? Absolutely, on you? a leader. absolutely a leader. Absolutely. <laughs> and here's the thing. I could shy away from contact and turn the puck over whenever anybody comes near me like Leo Komarov does. Absolutely I could do that.
1: Oh, certain, God. I
0: know I speak better than him now.
1: Two minutes of pessimistic and said, play the young guys. It's the only way to survive in a league that has a salary cap. And especially when you're looking at it, there are going to be a lot of teams that are in salary cap hell. And the Islanders are going to be one of those teams, so they're going to have to have Lou Lamarillo be creative this offseason. I agree.
0: I don't think he's capable of it.
1: Um, Now we got Angela Nina also said, how old is Ross Johnson? I believe he's 26 years old. So he's not – and again, like his career, I don't really see it. He signed for, I think, after this season, another two years. Um, and, and maybe you know, at 28 years old when his contract expires, maybe you have him for another year or two years on an extension. But after that, guys, fourth liners like that, as soon as they don't have the same exact pep in their step, they don't have the ability to hit as hard, they don't have the ability to fight, they don't have the ability to, to stay accustomed to what is required for fourth liner, they usually are gone. Now, Matt Martin did a great job of adjusting his game to where he plays more of a defensive-style game, and he played a smarter game than when he used to when he was younger. Again, though, I think his time on the island after this year is done.
0: Yeah, and it's and like I said, and Clutterbuck's played really, really well, and he's a playoff player too. I mean, those are playoff type players. Casey Zizik is a playoff type player, but you can't invest, you know, you know, ten, eleven million dollars in your fourth line. That's why you don't have any talent up front, and then you you sign guys who are just, like I said, just Jags, as far as I'm concerned for long term deals as they go Grumpy
1: now, again you have people who listen to the live stream that don't know what a jag is you have to you have to
0: inform them what is a jag grumpy old man just a guy J A G just J A A guy G just a guy i always call him matty and the jags because it's matt barzal and then everybody else just guys matty and the jags that's what they are <laughs>
1: Uh, Angela Nee also said, "Come on, Grumpy, give us something." The fourth line was our best feature of in our lean years, and you know she's got a few ha-has at the end. What does
0: that tell you? What does that What does that tell you? That that sums up the Islanders under Jack Capuano and Garth Snow. The best thing that we had was our fourth line. No wonder we know that we were losers, perpetual losers, lo- drafting in the top five every year and never drafting the right player and continue well hey we had a great fourth line yeah who cares if we could score or play defense but hey we had a great fourth line or stop the puck in net
1: now garth did have a few good moves garth made definitely some good trades i mean he only made trades when they were complete benefits to the new york islanders and and I'll tell you, he did have a few good picks. I remember that year with Matt Barzal selected as well as Anthony they were both Gar Snow picks, and it, that kind of gets forgotten by fans. Um, but I think you are right, Grumpy. Though it's uh, when you talk about the Capuano days, my gosh, they used to have to pitch anything they could. I feel like to get fans in the stands. Oh, we're leading. You know, we have X, Y, and Z player who's leading the league in hits. We got two guys that are top five in hits. We got guys that are top in minutes or top in uh, fights and things of that nature. They had to do anything they could to try to energize, I feel like, the fan base at that point because we were bad.
0: Yeah, those are stats for losers. Um, I'd like to have a guy who led the league in scoring, um, you know, or assists or winning, you know, things like that. I could care less. You know, it's great to have guys who can hit, and, yeah, it's entertaining, but this isn't the East Coast Hockey League. Uh, This is – uh, you know, the NHL, National Hockey League, where you got to score goals and you got to win games. You know, that, that's just me, maybe. I don't know. But like I said, I'm not dumping on the I'm not dumping on the fourth line. They've been one of our they've been probably consistently maybe our best line in this series.
1: They, yes. Again, I understand they had a few lapses where Clutterbuck, I think it was in game. I can't remember what game it was. He lost Sergeyev. I mean, again, as a whole, I thought they have done a stupendous job. Now, Dave says here it's a shame that we're letting Thomas Grice walk. And in an ideal situation, if we didn't have to sign Varlamov to that ridiculous deal that we did in order to get Sorokin over here, I think it would have been optimal to have an extended – extend Thomas Grice's contract. Obviously, we wouldn't have signed Varlamov and you would have had maybe Leonard on a one-year extension, whatever it would have been. But you have Sorokin come in, and then you have Thomas Grice still there as a backup because I think Thomas Grice does a more than sufficient job as a backup goalie.
0: He's 33. We're not going to sign another. Uh, here's the thing. It's a fait complete, people.
1: Well, um, no, he said, he said it's a shame we're letting Grice walk. Right. I don't want to misconstrue his words. That's exactly what he said.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, could, I mean, we low-balled Leonard last year, and we overpaid – on dollar amount and term for Varlamov. Why? Because he had the same agent that uh, Sorokin has. So they figured, okay, if, you know, and and honestly, I can understand why they did that. Not five years, though. Absolutely not five years for a guy like that who who really hasn't performed since 2016. Uh, He's been down ever since then. Why do you give a guy who's 31 years old a five-year contract? It just makes no sense. Are you trying – was there such a big market for Semyon Varlamov that, you know, we had to offer him a five-year deal? Because I don't think there was any market for him, absolutely none. Maybe you could have got him on a four-year deal. I mean, I don't think it's going to take three years for Sorokin to learn English. I mean, you know they're going to team on the road. But, I mean, how long do you need Varlamov? Certainly not for five years.
1: And two minutes of pessimist sticking also said, unless it's a generational talent, get rid of talent before it hits 30. Always sell high. And he also says, we are the Islanders. We grovel for crumbs while other teams feast.
0: Yeah, it's true. And Islanders fans, and it's so different from when I was younger. I mean, we're like this, we consider ourselves like lucky to have anything. Oh, hey, we made the playoffs. We're great. No, we're not. We're an average team, well coached with the system, but we're a regular season wonder. we are not we are not p we're not a we're not gonna win any Stanley Cups, and that's what it should be. I don't think anyone should be happy with advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals, honestly.
1: I'm telling you, two minutes of pessimistic and you're cracking me up right now. He says Komroff is the team mascot, and Varlamov is the team Russian translator.
0: <laughs> that's right. I mean, okay, when your nickname is Uncle Leo. Uncle Leo, I mean, this is a Seinfeld episode? I don't know. Can he get me a pen that, can, that we can write upside down in space? That's what I want to know.
1: <laughs> Uncle Leo. Uh, he also I'm says, of course.
0: He's he wearing also, that stupid mask. He's wearing that stupid face mask. It's like they don't even take him seriously. I mean, he tries to mix up with people. They just kind of laugh at him. It's like, come on, Leo. I mean, it's he, like. He, he doesn't like, have any
1: bite to actually be uh, an, an, an agitator, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> those days are gone. Those days are gone. The last two years, the last year and a half in Toronto, he couldn't do it, okay? He just couldn't do it. But you thought he was going to be good, what, another four years older? I mean, he's got two more years on his pathetic, ridiculous, overextended deal. You wonder why we can't sign our young players to long-term extensions? Because we sign guys like that, guys like Average Anders. Guys like Jordan Everly. We signed these guys to long-term seven-year deal for a guy who's 29 years old. Boy, that's bright. A guy who doesn't hasn't produced since John Tavares was here, right? He doesn't fit on the first line. Let's give him a seven-year contract. You know what? Hey, it's not a beer league, fellas. This is the NHL.
1: Two minutes of pessimistic sticking also said fourth line played well today, but that's uh that's the problem. When that's our best line, it's not good. He also says, Leonard could have stolen games. I guess this is a callback to the earlier point. You need a goalie that can steal games, that's elite or very hot, who could steal games for you. And Varlamov has not done that. And I think he's 100% right. I think Leonard has done a superb job in Vegas. I mean, every single one of those games are very, very low scoring, and he's done a great job in that for them.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, here's the thing. He was, I thought, a product of our system as well. He was always positionally sound. Um, I think he's better than Varlamov. That's for certain. Um, But you see, Varlamov, he's like a guy who's handing out candy. You know, rebounds are like candy to him. Hey, everybody, you know, like a dentist. The dentist will give you a lollipop after he drills your teeth. Why? Because he wants you coming back. And I guess he wants Tampa Bay taking more shots on net. Because, I mean, that's all you get from Varlamov. And when was the last time he made a clean save? What? 2015. Uh, I mean, I don't know when the last time you made a clean say what's everything's a big juicy rebound out there. All
1: right. All right. <laughs> oh, grumpy old man! Uh, you're in you're in prime form as always. I'm happy we got you on uh, even after a loss live live streaming right after a
0: loss. And let me tell you something. I calmed down because I was ridiculous in the second period, the beginning of the third. Once they scored that third goal, I'm like, all right, game's over. Absolutely no shot at coming back. So I was able to ramped down a little bit.
1: <laughs> Angela, or Angela, Nina also said, uh, would have loved to keep Leonard.
0: Yeah, but they, that was not in the plan because they lowballed him. First of all, offered him a one year deal. I mean, he was, I, I don't, you know, it makes me wonder why, honestly. I mean, he certainly was just as good, if not better than Grice. Uh, and he's way better than Varlamov, but I guess he doesn't speak Russian and his, then to his credit, Lamarillo did get Sorokin re-signed I mean because if he had not signed Sorokin that's a colossal fail on all levels on him
1: and Angela also said it took us 27 years to get to a conference finals that says a lot about our history
0: well we're not going back anytime soon I hate to tell you
1: oh grumpy grumpy grumpy
0: okay where can we make changes to this lineup going forward that's my question, where are we going? How are we going to get to the next level?
1: I, we- am, op- I am optimistic, grumpy old man, that there has to be some sort of wizardry. He has to do- he has to go ahead and free up some cap because we're not going to let these players walk. And in order to do that, he's going to have to make some moves. And when you make some moves like that, we're going to get some new blood on the team. I 100% believe that. Um, Angela also says there uh, took uh, I'm sorry, me too grumpy old man, I was an animal in the first two periods. Uh, gave up in the third.
0: Yeah, call me a quitter if you want. That's fine. Uh, I've watched this team long enough to know when they're not going to win a game. And I, I even said at the beginning, I was, Ugh, we're in trouble. When you see Tampa Bay come out like that, it's like Tampa Bay says, you know what, we want to win this game. And the Islanders said, well, this is what they said. Here's our response, and bathroom tissue.
1: two minutes of pessimist sticking also says here the sad thing is that Leo has played better than last year uh he was worse last year
0: that's because he played more last year than this year it's the only reason why he's worse last year than this year he played more so his lack of talent was even more obvious here his minutes are way down this year but he still shouldn't be on the ice he was
1: healthy scratched and injured at times too so maybe that also contributes to it
0: I mean, but here's the whole thing. Are you going – who are you going to put out there instead of him? The failed number five overall draft pick, Michael Del Cole? Who cares? He fits right in the role of hack, could be replaced by, by a, you know, a, a bag of pucks. I mean, he stinks too. He's just a, another jag, filled with jags. Oliver Wallstrom, are we ever going to see him? I don't know. I, I, think,
1: I think most certainly next year we will see him on the New York Islanders
0: roster. You're delusional. There is no way he's going to be up. There is no way Kiefer Bellows is going to be up. There's no. I way. think
1: they want to trade Kiefer Bellows. I really do. And again, I've I've talked with other people about this. I don't think it's the right move. And people just they, they other people think it's the right move. I don't think moving Kiefer Bellows is the right situation. I think he's a guy who could score. He's a power forward, but in the same token, you're going to have to match some of these these toxic assets. I'll use of players that are older that are signed to long-term deals with a lot of caps still attached to them, like a Johnny Boychuk or an Andrew Ladd. You'll have to move somebody like that. And the best way to do it is to put somebody like a Kiefer Bellows or somebody who has talent um, that is younger and has promise in
0: the deal. Well, if you're lo- seriously, if you're looking to move some players, who do you think their trade value is probably as high as it's ever going to be right now on the Islanders? Who would you move? Who do you think has a trade value that's probably greater than his overall talent that he showed over his career?
1: You know, we could probably say a few. A few players as sad as that. It's Honestly, it's one, and I think you're talking about Brock Nelson.
0: No, it's not Brock Nelson. Are
1: you talking about Josh Bailey?
0: Absolutely. freaking luton His (laughs) trade value is never going to be greater than it is now. The king of the secondary assist. okay? Mr. I-won't-shoot-the-puck-even-if-it's-wide-open. I'm going to try to pass out. That's the guy you try -to -to to move. Why? Because he's on the older side, right? He has, what, three more years left at $5 million per? You might be able to get something for him.
1: I'm about to say that also, Grumpy. When you're talking about Josh Bailey, he's a guy who produces points and has been over the last few years under the Barry Trotz system as well. And he's done well in the playoffs. He's leading. Again, I'm not sure if he still is. But he was going into this series, he was leading the team in points.
0: You have to move some of the older players who have term on their deal. You have to. If you want to move the team forward, you have to get out for some of from some of those contracts. And I'm not saying that he's the Josh one. Bailey's under,
1: I think Josh Bailey's under a very, very good contract, which is what makes him very appealing to suitors. I think that's 100% right. And you talk about a guy who is at an all-time high right now. Josh Bailey is at an all-time high right now. I think he's playing great hockey. I think he's done great in the playoffs, and his numbers and points have also shown that.
0: But I think it's fair to say he's not a difference maker by any stretch of the imagination.
1: He's not a guy where I'm thinking to myself, you know what, Josh Bailey won us this game. Very, If if that thought runs across my head, it's very, very few and far between. Um, And if you're talking about if you can get a great return for a guy like Josh Bailey, it doesn't really free up as much cap as you'd like. But you have to figure you're actually going to get a legitimate return. And, it could, you know, you can use whatever pieces you get back in return to move a guy like Andrew Ladd or move a guy like uh, or a guy like uh, Boychuk, Johnny Boychuk. So we're going to have to be creative this offseason. And it's crazy. I never really, really thought about moving a guy like Josh Bailey, but I, I don't necessarily disagree with it in premise.
0: I've never thought about not moving Josh Bailey, but that's not why I said it. Honestly, it's not why I said it. I said it because his value is probably as high as it's ever going to be right now. And for a player who's 30 years old, um, you know, okay. He's got what, three more years left on his deal. You're going to get diminishing returns from him anyway. Like I said, I don't think he's a difference maker. Even if you just get a draft pick for him, a couple of draft picks, you remember our talent, our offensive talent in the farm system is not very good. We need to turn over the older guys and bring in younger players. Find out if Oliver Wallstrom can play in the NHL. Find out if Kiefer Bellows can play in the NHL. Because if they can't, you'd move on from them and bring in somebody else.
1: I don't disagree. And, again, like we have, I guess you could say, some younger players and younger forwards that are down in the A. I mean, I'll, you, if you look at it, Oliver Wallstrom, Simone – is it Simon? It's Simon Holmstrom. I didn't know if
0: it's Simone, but it's Simon Holmstrom. He's a bust. He's a, he's, a, he's a Josh Bailey 2.0. He's a future bust of America. He sucks. That was a wasted draft pick. A guy who's projected to go in the second round, you burned it in the first when you had actual goal scorers out there. Guys, who all they do is score goals. What is what can't this team do? They can't score goals. Cali-
1: uh, you you were well. You're talking about it. i even. I wouldn't even look to Calia if you had legitimate centers, high talented centers, and wingers out there. I mean, Connor I, McMichael. Connor McMichael put up over a hundred points in juniors this year, in the short and the shortened junior season, might I add, Ryan Suzuki. Is it Ryan or Nick Suzuki? It's one of the Suzuki brothers who who are also available at that time period as well. I so they were it, a lot.
0: Of, yeah, I think it's it, Ryan Suzuki.
1: There were a lot of players that were available. And, again, I liked Raphael Lavoie. I've always liked the way he plays. He's a bigger guy. He can skate. He's physical. He's got some attitude to him. Sometimes he can disappear. But that's always a problem younger guys have. I didn't understand the pick of Simon Holmstrom when we selected him. I I thought it was a little bit of a reach, Grumpy, because he was coming off of an injury. So usually players that get injured, their draft class year, they drop and they slide a little bit because you don't really have a great sample size of what they offer. So you could have definitely – if you were hell-bent on picking Simon Holmstrom, and this is the issue I had with it, you trade back. You trade back and pick up some draft capital, and you still draft the guy if he's your guy, if you think he's the best player available left on the board. Trade back, pick up some draft capital. (laughs) That's that's the part that always baffled me.
0: I can tell you why they drafted him, because he sucks, and he has – no chance of being a goal scorer in the NHL. That's why. Why would we want it? Why would we want to score? We want guys who play two-way games. You know what? At some point in time, you need talent and talented players to win games for you. You're not going to win games playing this style that we play. Not not if you want to win the cup. If your job is just to make a team, okay. Hey, we're a treadmill team. We make the playoffs every year. We squeak into the playoffs. We get knocked off in the first, or second round. Well, you know what? That's okay, but not if you really want to win. If you want to win Stanley Cups, you need more talent. You need to. You need to go. For, what do we need on this team? I mean, to me, McMichael would have been perfect. Um, two minutes so- of
1: pessimisticing also says we should have gotten Michael there. He had a good year, and he had a good year this past year. And he also said if Lou Lamarillo wanted Holmstrom, trade down and get another pick. And I 100 percent agree with it. But yeah, Grumpy, I'm sorry I didn't want to cut you off, but.
0: Philip Tomasi- Tomasini was out there to oh, be he went right after, and all these guys went right after us. And you know what all these teams said? You know, this is what they said. They said the same thing that Garth Snow said when the Boston Bruins selected three guys that did pack Matt Marzell. Thank you for being so stupid to draft a guy who was ranked in the second round after coming off of injuries for three years. Thank you for drafting him over guys who are obviously more talented and actually produce in the greatest junior league in the world, the OHL. Did we do that? Absolutely not. Kaliev, I mean, what does he do? All he does is score goals. I mean, what does Simon Holst do? Nothing. He goes back home to Sweden where he belongs.
1: And now Mikey Patrick, now this is the founder of the, the Islanders meetup groups. He originally started the Charlotte meetup group there. He and said Russians, Ryan. not enough Russians.
0: His name is Mikey Ryan. the My, one?
1: In the chat it says Mikey Patrick, so that's how I was referring. But, yes, his name is Mikey Ryan. But in the chat it says Mikey Patrick.
0: Okay, what do you say? Not enough Russians? Russians, not enough Russians. You know what you can do, what you never hear? Not enough Simon Holmstroms on the team. That's what you never hear. You never hear that. We don't we have too many Simon Holmstroms on the team. You don't hear that.
1: Now this is this has been derailed, Grumpy. Too many
0: guys on our team. Too many guys who won't shoot the puck. Too many guys who just, you know, hey, i I'm gonna sign a below market deal because I want to stay with the Islanders. You know, I don't I won't even test free agency. I won't even my whole career. I won't test free agency. You wonder why I'm not good enough to get an offer from anyone else.
1: Grumpy, I'll be honest. He's on a sweetheart deal. And I thought the point you brought up earlier was 100 percent accurate. If you're talking about guys who have a very, very high trade value right now and who's performed in the playoffs. And we could maybe get you something back in return that allows you to ship off some of these toxic acids. Josh Bailey is a perfect example of that, and I do agree with that, Grumpy.
0: You want to why he's your why he's your high school sweetheart because you haven't seen anybody else yet. That's why he's, he's- not a sweetheart deal, right? Well, here's the thing: I don't care. He's like a high school sweetheart, right? The only reason because you haven't seen any any other uh, you know man or woman, whatever you haven't seen them, uh, so you think that's the best you can get.
1: If you're talking about a guy who who's put up over the last three seasons right around 50 points a year, you're talking about a guy who's only getting paid five million a year, and now he's coming off of an outstanding playoff performance. And he again, he leads a team in points. I still think that's true. I don't think it, they've had much moving and shaking up there, but he has done a superb job. And if you're trying to tell me you can you can go ahead and ship off a guy who on most teams is still a top six forward, you know what I mean? That's always nice. If he's only getting paid $5 million a year. That's nice. And with cost certainty and veteran leadership, you have it.
0: In this round, he's gone back to being the invisible man that he's always been. Like I said, he got hot. He got hot for a couple of weeks. And that's a Josh Bailey special too. He gets hot for a couple of weeks and everyone just enough to save his job or get a contract extension. And then he goes back to being, you know, the Josh Bailey who doesn't score for 36 games like he was a couple of years ago. That's what you get out of Josh Bailey. I mean, like I said, I would like I said, me. I look to move any of, the, any of our older guys who are under contract. I look to move any single one of them. There's only a couple players that I would not consider moving if I hear something from another team that's wanting to upgrade. Absolutely not. I'm looking to move all those guys. Brock Nelson would not be one. Because I think that is, happy.
1: we are finally on the same page, grumpy old man. I've been telling you for years and years and years, Brock has talent. Brock has yeah. got the, Brock has it. He was always missing a little something. And I'm finally glad he's growing into his shoes.
0: He's really good in this system under Barry Trots. He is. And I think that even though he's going to be 33 when his contract expires, I thought the year, the contract was a year too long. Uh, he's the one guy I would keep. Why? Because He performed up to that $6 million deal uh, this year where Anders Lee underperformed woefully, and he's got another six years at $7 million per going. Jordan Everly, another four years. He's going to be 34 when that contract is gone. You move those guys. You try to get rid of them. See if somebody will take them on. They still have value. Move on from them. Turn the team over. Get younger. Go on to the next wave. You can't be the oldest team in the NHL with no talent and expect to win a Stanley Cup.
1: And two minutes of pessimistic, he said, the only person who's untouchable is Matt Barzal. Uh, again, agreeing with your, your thought there, Grumpy. And then Angela Nino also says, maybe we showcase a few guys for trades during this playoff run, question mark, question mark.
0: Here's what I'm afraid. I'm afraid that they're saying, mm, you know what? Devontae's wasn't as good this year. Let's see if we can move him and get some assets. Let's see if we can move a – Scott Mayfield. What? Uh, oh yes, yeah, somebody. I think here's the thing: if they go into the expansion draft and they go with keeping a bunch of the Ham and Egger forwards that we have and don't protect four defensemen, Scott Mayfield is gone in the expansion draft. That's the guy who we're gonna lose. Would anyone take a Josh Bailey in expansion draft or a, a defenseman who's got another three or four years under contract at 1.45 per who plays top four minutes? That's who I, I mean, that's a no-brainer to me. I think
1: Josh Bailey would be a no-brainer for an expansion team to take. I also think Scott Mayfield would be a no-brainer because you have cost certain. You have a veteran defenseman who is a top six defenseman across the league, and then in the same token, Grumpy Old Man, you're also speaking about it. He's, he's extremely cheap, and especially when the cap continues to stay flat over the next three years, he's going to be a commodity.
0: If, okay, so if you're a general manager starting a team, and you have a Ham and Edgar forward who is captain visible for the most part, and he's he's uh, going to be, what, 31, 32 years old, and he makes $5 million per, or you have a defenseman who's 27, making for- 1.45, and plays top four minutes on a good defensive team, who would you take?
1: Well, the thing is with that, it depends on who you've selected from other teams. That's always you important.
0: You don't take the Ham and Edgar hack that is Josh Bailey you take Scott Mayfield
1: well i'm going to tell you grumpy old man with Josh Bailey you've got a guy teams are, and again i don't who knows what seattle's going to do we have no idea what that even looks like the picture of who's going to be exposed that's really far off it's but if we're talking hypothetically here grumpy if
0: the crack- they the Kraken. The, crack- the seattle Kraken. you mean that team oh my god
1: now you're doing a callback now you're doing a call back here to an earlier podcast. Grumpy you have to fill people in on the live stream. You're doing a call back to an earlier yeah. an That's earlier true. podcast where you you went ahead and, and mentioned that the girl had some uh, flower gal or what do they call it? a valley gal type? Valley of girl
0: Valley Girl. Okay. Valley Girl. Like Alicia Silverstone was doing the, the, the head of marketing for the Seattle Kraken. Oh, they have this, this area. You know, the Kraken is a historic creature in this area. It's like, oh, my gosh. First of all, why do they have a, a, a 25-year-old girl up there, first of all? And couldn't you get one that didn't speak Valley speak? That's what I wanted to know. I mean, good luck to that franchise.
1: Oh, Grumpy old man. Yeah, and Angel also said depends on what roles you're looking to fill about regarding Josh Bailey or Scott Mayfield. I think Josh Bailey definitely is an asset in some teams. He'd be very highly valued. He scores, he scores points, whether you like him or not, whether you call him a secondary assist or not, Grumpy, he still records points on the board. And also, he's on a very, very manageable contract. That's all.
0: Unless you're trying to get to the bottom of the salary cap floor – you take Scott Mayfield. A top four defenseman is harder to get than some ham and egg or forward. There's a million of those throughout the league, but top four defensemen are hard to come by on who are young and under manageable contract. I,
1: I, I, would, be I wouldn't be shocked if, if the team went either way. But again, we're going down the rabbit hole here, Grumpy. Uh, we're about at an hour and 22 minutes, Grumpy. It was a little longer than our usual podcast. And I don't mind it. I always enjoy interacting with people who listen there to the podcast, in live time, I know we don't have a way of like calling or anything of that nature, but I do enjoy interacting with everybody. Now, Grumpy, is there anything else you kind of want to say before we wrap things up?
0: Yeah, the under season is going to end Tuesday night. Um, I hate to say it, but it's going to happen. And then we have the off season to look forward to, and we definitely have some, some big decisions that need to be made, honestly. Very, very big decisions.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Grumpy. And, again, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast, as always. I always do appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk Islanders hockey with me. Um, and also, thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, they allow us to have this. They they set us up with this amazing little live stream here. So I'm very happy, obviously, about that. But thank you, Grumpy. And uh, and thank you all to the live stream listeners here. Um, we'll be posting this podcast, uh, I guess, on Monday Uh, But thank you so much for participating, guys. We love talking to you, and thank you, Grumpy.
0: My pleasure as always.
1: I won't go ahead and take up too much of your time because I know you probably want to get back to some NFL football action.
0: Uh, Those games stink too.
1: (laughs) All righty, Grumpy. Well, I'll talk to you later. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you.